I'm going to be reading from John 15, 9 through 17. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. You did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my commandment that you love each other. Can we pray? Dear God, thank you for the word that you give us. Please let it sink into our hearts. Please let us learn to love the way you love us. Amen. Thanks, Martha. My name is Steve Murphy. I'm the lead minister here at Discover, and we are starting a new series today called All the Difference. And we're going to look at some things from the book of John that are exclusive to the book of John. Things that Jesus talks about, things that Jesus lives out, things that we see in the life of Jesus, again, that are exclusive to the book of John. And we're going to finish the book of John here in the next few weeks. So again, just encourage you to always bring your Bible with you, to read through the word during the week, and to pray and study and meditate and memorize God's word is so, so vital. As Martha read the text there, you might have figured out that there was one word that just kept jumping out, and that word was love, right? It's in there nine times. It talks about love nine times. Now, the New Testament was written in a, a form of Greek called Koine Greek. It's the common Greek, the, the one that was used by everyone, kind of like the simple English, we would think, or a basic English. It was very common. That's what the word Koine means. In this text, it was written in that language, in Greek. And Greek has more than one word for love. The highest form, as most of you know, the one that is most like God, the one that is the deepest, most profound, most self-sacrificing love is the word agape. And every single time, all nine times that Jesus uses the word love here, he uses the word agape. That is the key. The, the gospel is the word love. I remember when I was at church camp, we would sing this song. Love, 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 love. The gospel in a word is love. Anybody remember that? Love thy neighbor as thy brother. Love, love, love. Right? It was the gospel. The whole thing summed up in this idea of love. And Jesus talked about that. He was asked, you know, what is the greatest commandment? And what did he say? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is just like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people, right? That's what this is about. Love makes all the difference. In church, we have to get this right. We have to. So today we're going to look at why we love and who we love. And we're going to spend a little larger time on how we love. Love makes all the difference. So first, why? Why do we love? Well, first of all, because it's commanded. It's commanded. Jesus says, this is my command. Love one another the way I've loved you. Verse 12. Verse 17. Remember the root command, love one another. And John reminds us of this command in his 
second letter in verse six. He says, love means following his commands and his unifying commandment is that you conduct your lives in love. This is the first thing you heard and nothing has changed. Now notice Jesus doesn't say, hey, I have a suggestion for you. Or, you know, it would be a really good idea if, or let me make a proposal to you. No, Jesus says, this is my command, that you love each other. So we love because it's a commandment. Why do we love? We love also because loving obedience brings holy, mature joy, as Jesus talked about in this passage. It moves us from being a servant of Jesus to being a friend with Jesus. And because of this relationship, we can boldly ask God for things in the name of Jesus. Why do we love? In 1 John 4, 19, it says we love because God first loved us. And as a result of that love, we share love with others. Why do we love? Because as the world sees the kind of love that God gave to us, the world is drawn to God. It's fruit of our lives. In verse 16, Jesus says, his disciples will bear fruit in the world, lasting fruit. And Jesus, just a few chapters earlier in John, mentioned this idea of love. In John 13, 34, and 35, he says, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And then he says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. In his book, The Signature of Jesus, Brendan Manning writes, many preachers today have decided that Jesus' standard for discipleship is inadequate. Right thinking is the new norm. So we don't shrink from splitting up over the form of worship, the songs we sing, or the method of interpreting a Bible passage. The Christian church in America is divided by doctrine, history, and day-to-day living. We have come a long, sad journey from the first century when pagans exclaimed with awe and wonder, see how these Christians love one another? Faith, hope, integrity, joy, peace, wisdom, patience, kindness, all of those are important. But Jesus says the proof that we love him The proof that we follow him is the way that we love people. In Galatians 5, the fruit of the Holy Spirit begins with love. Love is evidence that the Holy Spirit is in your life. Love makes all the difference. That's why we love. Just a few of the reasons. But who? Who do we love? Well, I want to start with husbands first because I'm a husband. I need to speak to myself often. Husbands, what's your main responsibility according to Ephesians chapter 5? It's to love your wife as Jesus loves the church. That's your number one job, husbands. So how are you doing with that? How am I doing with that? All of us as followers of Jesus, we should love family and friends and neighbors. We should love political leaders, bosses, employees, 
If people are breathing, we are supposed to love them. And in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus elevates this idea of love. He says, you've heard that, that the law says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies. Pray for the people who persecute you. Seriously? Are you kidding me? Love the people who oppose you, the, the people who attack you? Yes. Jesus says, love those people. And Jesus demonstrates that kind of love, doesn't he? Jesus loved people such as Zacchaeus, who was greedy. He was a cheater. He worked for the, the opposition, the oppressors of the Jewish people. Jesus loved the woman at the well, who was living outside of God's plan, who was, who was sexually involved in a situation that was not correct. She had lots of different men in her life. She had a bad reputation in the public eye. Jesus loved her. Jesus loved and was accused often of loving tax collectors and sinners and hanging out with them. You know, kind of a catch-all phrase that the, that the religious leaders would use to point down and look down at everyone who wasn't like them. You know, those sinful people. Jesus loved them. The disciples, every single one of them had flaws. And yet Jesus chose them and loved them anyway. The, the people that were physically crucifying Jesus, he loved them, he forgave them. What about us? Romans 5.8 said that God demonstrates, God proves his love for us in this, that while we were sinners, while we had our back turned to God, that's when Jesus died for us. We all need love. We all need forgiveness. And we all are broken. I have a fresh $20 bill here in my pocket, and I would like to give this to someone today. So if you're interested, you know, just raise your hand. Seriously. All right. Now, you, you want this $20 bill, right? Okay. How about now? Still want it? But it's crumpled up. Why would you want it? What about this? Throw it on the floor. Grind it down. Step on it. Anybody want it? Yeah, of course you do. You, come on up. <laughs> this is yours. You can do whatever you want with it, okay? Let's give him a big hand. You know, people can be crushed. They can be stepped on. They can be broken. They can be torn but their value is the same. In fact, the people that are in those kinds of situations, they need even more than anyone to experience God's love. So we're supposed to love whoever we encounter. We are supposed to love people the way that Jesus has loved us, the way that Jesus loves them, 
Because love makes all the difference. Finally, I want to dig into the how for just a minute. How do we love? And as I was thinking about that, it brought two ideas to mind. How is kind of what makes it possible? How do we love like Jesus? How can we do that? And the second part of the how is in what ways? What are some tangible things we can do to love like Jesus? Well, what makes it possible to love like Jesus? Guess what he told us right here. It's remaining in him, remaining in his love. It's what Jordan talked about last week in the message about the vine. We have to stay connected to the vine to bear fruit. To love like Jesus, we have to stay connected to Jesus. Again, Jesus says it here, verse 9, make yourselves at home in my love. Verse 10, remain intimately at home in my love. And when we do that, then Jesus says, verse 12, love one another the way I loved you. You have to be connected. You have to remain in Jesus first. And then we're able to love as Jesus loved us. You see, when we experience God's love, when we make our home in that love, then that love is going to flow out of us. When our church-wide vision becomes your personal vision, that's a way that you can love. We, we reach people in our community. We love them wherever they are, but too much to stay in places that are broken. And we imitate Jesus together. We follow Jesus. We, we become changed by God. And then we do that over and over. We duplicate that process. And this is the personal responsibility of everyone who follows Jesus. You know, the most loving thing you can do for someone is to share Jesus with them. But you know what? The world does not really expect Christians to love they see other examples, and I know the news takes the worst of it, but isn't that what people see? So the world may not expect people of the church to love them, but Jesus does. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. Again, this is my commandment. This is what I'm mandating you must do. And again, sometimes the, the church has been known to live out not that commandment as much as some other things that Jesus said not to do. Sometimes we've substituted words, though, like in verse 12, where Jesus says, this is my command, love each other as I have loved you. Maybe we've substituted another word. Jesus did not say, judge people the way that I judge you. Our role is not to judge people, it's to love. We're supposed to speak the truth, but in love. God, the Holy Spirit convicts. God, the Father, is the judge, not us. We need to be very clear about that. Here's another command Jesus does not give us. This is my command, save one another the way that I've saved you. Our role isn't 
to save people or to fix things. Jesus loves and saves and fixes things. Our role is to love. Jesus commands it. You know, it's interesting. John and his brother James used to be called the sons of thunder. So evidently, John was a bit of a hothead. But as John remained at home in Jesus' love, he became known as the apostle of love. Changed from son of thunder to apostle of love. Listen, if we constantly blow up, we need to grow up. John grew to be more like Jesus, and we should as well. Again, John talks about love more than anyone in the New Testament. And in 1 John chapter 3, he says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Love and truth are both mentioned in this passage, and both are from God, and both are desperately needed in our world. And again, Ephesians 15 gives us the right balance for this. We are supposed to speak the truth in love. Because when an abundance of love accompanies the truth, people will pay attention. Even if they don't agree with the truth, they will be impacted by the love. And then they'll see and, and, and then they'll say and, and think things like this. You know, I don't necessarily agree with the interpretation of this Bible passage that you have, but I know that you authentically love people. I may not agree with your political position, but it's obvious you passionately love people. I might not have the same perspective on this issue that you have, but I've seen you honestly love people. I may not even practice the same faith as you or any faith at all, but I have personally experienced how you tangibly love people. As followers of Jesus, we should be the most over-the-top, effusive, incredible examples of love the world has ever seen. And that's because Jesus said it and did it. The history of Christianity is full of people who have loved sacrificially. It started with Jesus, again, on the cross, giving everything, literally everything, for us. Going through separation with God, going through hell, so that we wouldn't have to. In the third century, when there, a massive plague broke out, the Christians were the ones who took care of the, the dying and the diseased, and everyone else ran away. They weren't immune from that physical illness, but they knew, you know what, something more important. People need to know that God loves them, and they did it. In a similar kind of way, innumerable hospitals throughout the whole world have been started because Christians said, we need to do something tangible to show that God loves people. In fact, most of the hospitals here in Columbus, or many of them, were started by Christian people when you check the history of those. There are so many ministries here that you can get involved with and discover through discover that express God's love to people in tangible ways. 
You see, Discover's reputation should be a church that loves. A church that loves like Jesus loves. And again, the church is not a building. We don't go to church. We are church. It's the body of Jesus. It's the hands and feet of Jesus. It's us. There are so many people near our hands and near our feet that do not know and have not experienced love. And we can share it and show it. Yesterday, several of us from church were at a training for the Safe Families for Children ministry that we're starting to get into here at church. And you're, you're going to hear more about that as a body as we go forward together. And I didn't ask her permission, um, but I did talk to her briefly. Uh, a woman, we'll call her Sarah, shared her testimony. I'm not going to share it, but just the basics are that she was abused repeatedly by multiple people in multiple situations starting at a young age. And it was horrible. It was horrible. And she ran to various relationships and behaviors and damaging situations because she was looking for something. She was longing for something. And what she wanted, what she needed, what we all need, was simply to be loved, to be accepted. She said, I I just wanted my mom to say to me, I love you. She longed for it. Love makes all the difference. A lack of love makes all the difference. So we want to be people that love. There are all kinds of ways that we can show love. One of the most important ones is to look for this Sarah type of person around us. You know, the person who's isolated at your school, in your office, on your street. The person who needs someone to just sit with them and and just listen, not judge, not fix. Just listen and and say, "I, I value who you are. Some tangible ways as a church that we can consistently show love. Our, the first Sunday of the month, we ask everybody, just bring an extra dollar and drop it in one of the offering boxes or out in the lobby. And that's called our Discover One. And we, we give that to people who have needs. It's a tangible way to show the love of Jesus. It, it's not part of our offerings and our tithes. It's just something a little extra. And it makes an impact. On the second Sunday of the month, we just ask everybody, would you please bring like a food pantry item just for one for each person in your household? Bring that in. There's a box in the lobby. We have two different food pantries that we support. And those ministries give that food in the name of Jesus to people who need a tangible representation of love. If you're on our church database, you'll 
sometimes get a needs request that goes out. It'll be for a help this family uh, with a meal. Or there's this ministry thing that's coming up, and would you be willing to, to donate something for that? Just a tangible way to show love. And if you're not on that list, contact the church office. We can put you on. One of the most powerful ways that you can express love is to be involved in a life group, to be in a discipleship group, to, to walk through life together with people, to receive and give love in powerful, but usually pretty simple ways. You can show love. I know this sounds funny, but you can show love by, by buying your coffee or your drink here on a Sunday morning instead of another store. And those stores are great. We're not trying to you know, mess up with what they do for business. But when you buy your coffee or whatever here on a Sunday morning, all the profits from that go to our ministry partners who share love in the name of Jesus. You can stop by our Oasis, Oasis bookstore if a birthday's coming up for somebody or you're looking for a gift. Pop in there. There are some great things that you can buy and give as spiritual gifts, as just a, maybe just as a, a gift to a friend or a neighbor, just to show love. In fact, today in the Oasis, we have a few copies of a book by Les Parrott that's called Love Like That. And I was reading through part of it this week to prepare and just get some ideas. And mostly, I just thought what he said in the intro was pretty significant. Here's what he says in the intro, and he's very honest. He says, here's the hard truth. Loving like Jesus is not efficient. (laughs) It takes time away from our own agenda-driven pace. It can mean losing control of your schedule. It causes us to get sidetracked with another person who is not on our agenda. But I want you to know right here at the top that I'm optimistic about you and me. I believe we can become better at loving like Jesus. Why? Because this love isn't elusive. It isn't pie in the sky out of reach. It's real. Jesus gives us practical examples how to love in extraordinary ways. And you're likely closer to it than you know. And then he goes on to um, end the intro with Ephesians 5.2 in a, a translation that puts it this way. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but in order to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. And the book provides five relational ways that Jesus demonstrated love and gives us Um, assessments at the end of each of those sections to just see how we're doing. So again, if you're interested in that, I encourage you to pick that up today at the Oasis. Loving like Jesus isn't easy, but it makes all the difference. A discovery, we want our teaching and our groups to be very relevant to our lives. So what we talk about in Sunday morning teaching or in your group teaching or any other time is not just for us to absorb it, just to hear it. It's to put it into practice. As James 1.22 says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourselves. See, love isn't only a noun. Love is a verb, especially a verb. For the Christian. 
As Jesus said in, in this chapter, John chapter 15, remember the root command, the basic thing. Love each other. Because love makes all the difference. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your love. It's so amazing that you gave your only son, that whoever believes in him might have life with you forever. May we not only enjoy that love, may we share it with the people around us. We know we can't do that on our own. So as we remain at home in your love, empower us to get out of our homes, to get out of our comfort zones, and to live out love. We look forward to what you will do in us and through us for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This has been a sermon series by Discover Christian Church. Find more at discovercc.org.